you're just not that special. I'm not that special. Jenna's not that special. You're not that special. I'm pretty special. (laughs) Hello, everybody. Welcome back to My 20-somethings podcast, episode two. We made it. All right. So for those of you who are new here and haven't heard our voices before, we're Jenna and Sophie. We are two 20-something best friends who started this podcast to create a community of all of you guys just trying to figure all this 20 stuff out. Every other week, we bring you advice, guest mentors, and personal anecdotes, so you never have to find yourself saying, I wish I knew that in my 20s. Yeah, so I mean, before we get started, I would just like always, in the beginning of each episode, love to check in with each other, and I mean, for anyone listening at home, absolutely play this along with us. Uh, Just check in, what is one great thing that happened to you this week, Soph? Hmm, I gotta think about that because a lot of great things happened. That's great news. I had a good week and I also think just ending school and being on break and not having that stress. So I've had a stressless week, but I finished work this week and now I'm on break from work as well. And we had a really awesome team lunch and played games on Zoom, which was super fun. So that was like a really social activity, although it was socially distanced. We weren't in the same room. And I really enjoyed that. I needed that. That's great. What about you? Hmm. Um, I mean, not to sound less optimistic than you, but I think it's a bit more of a struggle for me to find just something to stand out of it this week because it's just been, I don't know, like for a lot of people in COVID, the weeks are just blending together. Like it's really just, I don't know what day it is. Um, you know, you could tell me it's November and I'd probably (laughs) believe you. Um, but I think something that did stand out this week was that my school friends and I have organized a secret Santa type event. Um, and we obviously don't get to see each other very much because we're not going into classes. Uh, we're not on campus. So I am very excited. We're going to do it tonight. We're going to like unbox everything and do a big, like we might watch a Christmas movie. So I'm very excited to see them again. Yeah, that'll be great. Very cute. That's, that sounds like a lot of fun. I was just talking to someone about this this morning and I feel like the last, oh my gosh, however couple of months, it's almost like we're going through the motions and I don't feel like I have like a beginning of my day and a end of my day. Like I wake up obviously, but everything's so the same and mundane. And it's not that I'm I'm never sad or, well, no, that's not true, (laughs) but I've never, I haven't been sad for a long period of time, but I'm also never like exceedingly happy. Like Mm -hmm. I would be regularly. It's almost just like, I'm fine. Yes. And I'm going through the motions of it, but it's not, there aren't, it's not like normal. So what's bringing us on here today is the fact that friendships are hard. Oh, they are so hard. They are so worth it sometimes, but boy, do they come, they should come with a warning on them because there are very tough portions of friendships. Specifically, we're going to talk a bit today about your friendships and dealing with your emotional struggles and emotional experiences. Um, And I think, you know, Sophie once said this to me and she put it perfectly when she said, your friends are not supposed to be your therapists. And that's so true. You are obviously supposed to turn to your friends and supposed to confide in them um, and be vulnerable and transparent with them, but they should not replace professional help when it's possible for you to get professional help. So I think we're just going to go into like a lot of detail about our personal experiences with therapy, um, you know, why our experiences maybe with why having our friends be our therapist did not go well. (laughs) Um, And we're going to try to just provide you with some alternatives and even just do some fun activities that will help you realize when your friendship maybe isn't going great because your friends are acting in place of professional help. Yeah, I'm just going to repeat that one more time for all of our friends who are multitasking right now. Just come back to us. Friends aren't therapists. You need that on a t-shirt. On a t-shirt, on a mug, like Anywhere that you see it, anywhere that you're looking around, put it up there because friends aren't therapists. And the other way around is you should not be your friend's therapist. This is a controversial topic. And as Jenna said, we're not saying that you have to be totally unemotional with your friends and not talk about your problems. That is the opposite of what we're saying. We're just saying that there's other resources out there. um, And we're going to talk about some of them to help your friends in ways that you can't or the ways that they cannot help you. Yeah, like that leads us into our like very first topic. 
Um, and again, that idea of like friends aren't therapists is a huge topic that not only we're not the only ones talking about it. We found it online. We've had, you know, I read a whole thing about Kanye West getting involved with the topic. Mm -hmm. And he said something like, oh, I don't need a therapist because I have my fans and my fans can be my therapist. I don't need to pay them. And it got a lot of controversy. It started a big, you know, discussion with in his comment section because people were saying like that A takes away from the entire field of therapy and of professional health. And also it puts a lot of pressure on the fans to yeah. be there for someone and to say like, to be checking in with someone and, and trying to be support for someone when they don't necessarily have the expertise to do so. Exactly. No, and I think Jenna and I um, have very strong feelings about therapy. And mm -hmm. there are definitely people who either just don't think it's going to work for them or feel like it's just voodoo. We have a very different opinion on that. Both of us have gone through different types of therapy, but have experienced that side of things and worked with people who are professionals to deal with problems. And we want to talk a little bit about that right now. So yeah, let's just like paint our experiences with mm -hmm. therapy for them just so that they get our different perspectives. Yeah. So my side of therapy is a little bit different. I never had a classical therapist, um, quote unquote. I actually went through my school's resources. Um, my university has counseling for students just as counseling services, just as many other universities I'm sure do. And I honestly can't even remember what the topic was that like forced me to start mm -hmm. seeing a counselor at the school. But I remember just feeling like school is really, really hard. It's a huge transition. Um, I won't get into that too much, but you can't rely on your friends to walk you through a transition that they're also going through. And that's hard because you're not that special, <laughs> that the world's not like putting all of their forces just on you and no one else is experiencing it. You're just not that special. I'm not that special. Jenna's not that special. You're not that special. And so I'm pretty special. You're pretty special, but not. That <laughs> <laughs> I think it like goes like the world doesn't revolve around you. Oh, uh, 100%. We aren't that special as people. No. Our experiences aren't that unique. No. Exactly. So I ended up seeing a counselor to talk through some things. It's different at school, it's not ongoing. You see them like once every like month at the most, but normally every like three months. So that was my, that's mostly my experience with it. Um, yeah. So I had a bit of a different experience with therapy. Um, and I have to, you know, mention, I have been a skeptic of therapy, even when I was experiencing therapy. So it has been something that I was like, Oh, I don't know. Like, is it worth it? It's, it can get pricey. Um, you know, is it something that I really need to do as a constant thing and I go through phases where I you know prioritize it more at certain times than others uh, but overall I definitely think I am the person I am today because of my experience with therapy um, and I you know owe a lot of credit to my I've had many therapists over the course of my life um, and I still value each and every one of their personal uh, contributions to who I am um, I started therapy when I was young. I think I was like in elementary school and it was just something that like I didn't really have much say in doing, but I also didn't despise it. Mm -hmm. I quite liked, I, I was a chatty kid and so I really liked that someone wanted to just let me rant and talk um, and it was great and it wasn't like specifically about anything. I think it was just more about, you know, that I was an anxious kid. I was a nerved, a, a high, high nerved kid. Um, and so I started doing therapy then, and then I, you know, leave it for periods and I'd come back to it. And as I got older, it started more being my choice and I really saw the value in it. And I really saw the difference between when I was in therapy and when I wasn't in terms of just my overall, like, I guess, calmness and also just like, you know, ability to tackle the many things that life was going to throw at you. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really returned to therapy, I would say, when I started university. Um, and I have a great therapist. She's awesome. Um, she is, you know, definitely someone that I uh, see, I respect as a human being, but also as a friend. Um, but the difference is there, I pay her. 
So different than my friends who I just expect to be my support system, she gets something out of me, you know, saying, oh, bitch, I got to tell you something. This went down today. Um, and I've done a bunch of different types of therapy. I've done CBT. I've done, you know, certain mindfulness practices. Um, and I've just kind of, in the end, found someone who has really made up her own thing for me just based on what I like. And I love that because I hate feeling like therapy has to be work. And mm -hmm. so it really does, the way that she does it makes it feel like it's an escape and, and a relaxing thing for me. I've done CBT, but again, like through my high school. So I think it's interesting that you were kind yeah. of outsourced everything and all the therapy or help that I've ever received has been through school and resources that were kind of there. I've kind of taken advantage of those. But Jenna said something really important where she referred to her therapist as her therapist, but her friends also as a support system and having that support system. So really important, but that therapist is almost exactly. like the team that supports that. That's a good way to put it. So moral of the story is that therapists are insanely important and insanely talented at what they do. And it's not just anyone that could do that job successfully. They've gone through training. They've gone through school to be the people that they are. And they are professionals at mm -hmm. what they do. And yeah, I guess what we're saying is just, it is a bit naive to assume that anyone, your friend, your sister, your brother can just come in and do just as good of a job as them with the little amount of training that they have. And it doesn't mean that you shouldn't rely on your friends, as we said, but they serve a different purpose. And knowing the different purpose and outlining that is really important. Yeah, exactly. And so we touched right there as well why friends shouldn't and can't do like therapy for mm -hmm. you. But just to go a little bit deeper into it, we've already mentioned that they're untrained, but they're also biased. Yeah, they want you to feel good. So I think if you say to them, like, I'm really you know, I, I'm really hoping that this is going to be your opinion on it. Most likely they're going to say, whatever you want is what I'm going to try to support because they love you. It's, it's the same reason why you shouldn't, you know, they say in business, you shouldn't have your family get involved in a business venture because it's love money. They love you too much to be so honest with you. But a therapist, as much as they might love you, they know that their purpose and their intention is to sometimes be the tough love that you need. Yeah. It's, it's, humans by nature or people by nature are people pleasers we want to mm -hmm. please and we mirror other people and that's something that I do a lot but if you actually watch a baby in like their pre-operational stage I believe is correct do not quote me on that when they're babies they will mirror their mother if the mother smiles they will also smile and that continues throughout life and so if you're hearing someone speak one way you're not going to say oh, you're wrong. <laughs> if they're emotional about something, you're gonna be like, I hear you, you're right. But just for a bit of context in there, Sophie just smiled and I naturally, without thinking about it, just <laughs> smiled because I mirrored her. It's, it's a natural thing to do. And so you're gonna wanna help them through. You're not, when they're in that emotional state because you're not trained to help them that way without triggering them as well. Right. And I think the biggest reason for me, and I'm sure Sophie can agree with this, mm -hmm. is that, when you try to get your friend to fill that void and, and fill the job of being your therapist, it turns your relationship into a work relationship rather than a friendship. And it makes it feel like work. And I've had personal experiences, and I'm sure anyone listening to this has too, where it just feels like, you know, you get a call on your phone of someone calling you and you go, ugh, because you just know, like, it's going to be exhausting to talk to them because all of a sudden you have to put your therapist hat on and, and do work and you should be billing them, but you're not. And you don't want that therapists are paid to deal with your shit right like, if you think about how much shit they take on every day like everyone else is they they're trained to do that they're also given tools in order to deal with that right we're not so if you're in the middle of like a bad day and you get that call from your friend and you're picking that up thinking great I'm gonna talk to my friend they're gonna make me it's just gonna be refreshing and they're down and you're down it's just not good for anybody <laughs> Something I learned that totally changed my life was I learned that my therapist has a therapist. Mm. And she said when I was like, you do? And she said, yeah, we all have to. Like, it's, it's almost our obligation to have an outlet for ourselves because it would be, you know, unethical for us to release any of our personal shit on you. Yeah. And I think if you think of it that way, okay, if your friends are your therapists, then they better have, a, then you yourself better have a therapist too. Yeah. Exactly. And I think it's almost like when you have a car, 
when you have that engine light go on, you take it to the shop. Mm-hmm. When you're a person and you start to feel that like gray cloud over your head, you're feeling burnt out, you don't want to get out of bed, you're eating like crap 24-7, that's like the equivalent of an engine light going off that like something's going on and maybe you need to release it. I think even like thinking about the, your physical symptoms, like if you woke up one day and you're like, oh, you know, I have a sore throat and I have other symptoms, you know, I'm not so cool with this. I should take myself to a doctor. And if you can make mm-hmm. that realization about your physical symptoms, we need to, I guess, reprogram our minds to do the same process for our emotional ones because they can have just as much, if not more of an effect on us. And we sometimes don't realize that. Yeah. And playing off of exactly what Jenna just said, what my opinion is that you can say to your friend is call them up being like, Hey, like, I'm not feeling great today. I'm like feeling like I have a dark cloud. I feel slugged down. I just wanted to vent about it, but then you can't expect them to fix it. You can say like, like, is there anything that you do that makes you feel better? But you can't say like, what should I do? Right. Don't know. They may know things that work for them, but that does not mean that it's going to work for you. But therapists are able to work with you through that and give you like tactile steps and resources in order to clear that cloud. On the flip side, I sometimes might be your responsibility as the support system to say to them, yeah, that sucks. And I really feel for you, but I don't know how to fix it. And I have stuff that works for me, but we're very different people. And it might not be easy to say that, but it's important for them to know that you hear them. But you're also not there to say, all right, I've heard you. Here's my diagnosis and my, you know, set of anecdotes. Uh, what are they called? Not anecdotes. Antidotes. Antidotes. My set of, <laughs> my set of antidotes to fix it. Yeah. No, exactly. I completely agree. So yes, talk to your friends. Let them know how you're feeling, but do not expect them to solve those problems. Right. I think another big thing is, you know, we often find that with, when you are complimenting friends, a big compliment we've gotten before is, oh, you're such a good listener. Mm. And, you know, it's so great. You're just so empathetic. And as great as that compliment is, it's almost like a double-edged sword where being a good listener, you kind of put pressure on yourself to always be there for others and not prioritize yourself. And that can be really hard. Yeah. I think when you're a good listener, there's a certain amount of respect that also goes through that, that you expect when you're listening to someone that they're also going to listen to you. And a lot of the time that doesn't happen when you're a really good listener, when you're able to listen to someone talk, they take it as a cue to keep talking, keep talking, keep talking, and you become a listening person for them. And then you kind of forget that maybe sometimes they have something that they want to say as well. So that Mm -hmm. gets really hard because you expect them to show you the same respect as you're showing them, but that's not always how it comes across. What I love about Sophie and I, and it's, you know, not necessarily something we're cognizant about all the time, but when we get on phone calls with each other, or even when we're in person, it's not always a 50-50 give and take situation of, okay, now I've said my piece, your turn. But when it isn't, we acknowledge that and we'll say, oh, I'm sorry, you know, I feel like it was all about me today. Let's make sure we schedule a time where it can be all about you. Yeah. No, and even like, Jenna and I will sometimes call in like 10 minute breaks between things and I just have to rant like I got out of a lecture and I was like upset because something happened or the prof said something and I'll call her and just rant and then I realize I have a meeting or she has a lecture in 10 minutes and it'll be oh my gosh I'm so sorry that was all about me are you okay yes okay we'll talk about that again soon bye I think it's important now that we acknowledge that there are some times when it's okay to rant to your friends And as we said before, it's not a don't ever reach out to them, don't ever do that, because that's just not realistic. Um, There are times when it's not only okay, it's helpful, and it's healthy to Mm -hmm. talk to your friends about your issues. Um, And some that we've identified are when you have a shared experience with them. So when you've both been through something, it's fair to say, like, I'm really dealing with something, and I'm, I'm reaching out to you specifically, because I know you went through it, and I know you might have some things that worked for you. Obviously, I'm not saying that you need to then become my doctor and check in with me and, and you know, go through a whole uh, regrowth phase with me, mm-hmm. but I just want to learn from you, do you have any tips and tricks? Um, another time that is absolutely okay to rant to your friend is that when you're prepared to vent, without expecting advice or solutions when you're okay with just saying this is going on and that's it 
and mm-hmm. saying, just having someone to listen to, ex- not expecting that advice or that like solution because they don't have the solutions. And a lot of times there are not clear solutions. Right. Um, also, when you've checked in with your friend beforehand and you said to them, do you have the time and energy to hear me out and to let me rant? And if they say, yeah, like, in fact, I've often had times where I've said like, oh, I don't want to talk about me today. Like, it's mm-hmm. been a lot about me. I just want to be there for someone else. And if you've checked in with them and they are prepared to hear you and are prepared to listen and they, you have to develop a relationship beforehand where you know they're going to be honest with you when they say that. Mm-hmm. But if you have done that, then absolutely it's okay to speak to friends about stuff that's personal. Yeah, I think there was something that went around virally a few months ago or years ago. I don't know. It's COVID. But something, it was like someone texted a friend saying, are you in the mental state that you can take on more information? And people are upset about it because it's like, if I have anxiety, that's going to heighten it. And that's not what we're saying to do. And again, I may have the wrong quote there, but that's not what we're asking you to do. What we're saying is when you're on the phone saying, Hey, like I need to talk about something. Do you have the time? Like, are you able to? And if I don't, I'll say, you know what? I'm in a meeting. I'm not the best person to talk to right now, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's just a gentler way of framing the conversation to let them know we're not going to be talking about like sparkles and unicorns today. I just like need someone to talk to and just give them that preference don't jump right Right. in either. Don't pick up the phone and go, because you're in the middle of a drive with your mom to like, like a store. And you're like, oh my goodness, I cannot take this right now. And they haven't even asked, but I also don't want to be rude. Makes it really awkward for you and your mom. (laughs) Yeah, true. Don't do that to your mom. Don't do it to your mom. They're so uncomfortable. It's just, And then you also don't want to be giving advice in front of your mom. It's just not a good story for anyone. So make sure that they're in a space, time, and energy state that they can deal with that knowledge. Something else that just came to me was this idea that often people will say, oh, you should be a therapist. You'd be really good. And therefore, they feel that that's an excuse to use your services for free. (laughs) And I mean, I, I, I dabble, I guess, in graphic design. And I hate it when my friends come to me and say, would you do something that even though I know if I went to someone else, it would be paid for, would you just do something for me just because we're friends? And that sucks because it's like, if you're willing to pay someone else for it, why are you expecting that I'm just going to do it for you because we're, you know, buddies. And it's the same with therapy. If you are saying, I acknowledge that this is something that you could do as a living. Why is it that therefore I should get free services from you? It's just, it's that give and take relationship and therapists are not a give and take. They give and you give money friendships are supposed to be give and take so reciprocation reciprocation is key to be giving while you're also taking and that's what a friendship is there's two sides to a friendship and you both have to put an equal effort you can't expect the one person to kind of carry it and it shouldn't always be just a balance of how many times you get to rant versus how many times they get to rant it also needs to be a balance between how many days you have on a phone ranting versus how many days on a phone you have laughing And there needs to be that balance of the times when a friendship is worth it and enjoyable and provides you with joy versus the time that it provides you with comfort. No, exactly. I think it's something one of my, some of my friends and I do with money, we call it the homie fund. Mm -hmm. And the idea of it is like, you pick up my coffee here. I'll pick up your coffee somewhere down the line. And honestly, at the end of the day, it's eventually going to even out. And it's the exact same thing with your time and your conversations. I'm going to rent here, vent here. You're going to vent here. Eventually it's going to even out. It does not need to be, and you, and you, and you. (laughs) It flows naturally. You just, when there, it's just like money. When one person is paying for coffee every single time, you just need to maybe say, Hey, like I, like, I kind of have done this all the time. I've paid every single time. Do you mind picking it up this time? Right. Most of the time they don't even realize they're doing it and they'll be like, Oh my God, of course. So sorry. Yeah. And I mean, we'll admit it's not easy to just, you know, form that relationship and just have it be even all the time. And I think a tool that you can put in place to make it easier to get to that, that good relationship is setting boundaries for yourself in a relationship Mm -hmm. and, you know, deciding ahead of time before you reach a point where, you know, there's tension or there's, you know, 
there's things that you one discusses to someone else but doesn't actually bring to you openly set boundaries so that you know you know what's fair game and what's not in a friendship yeah setting boundaries can be really really tough especially because we live in a world where privacy isn't necessarily the 100% most valued thing I think a lot of the time like with social media people are like releasing a lot of themselves and not keeping a ton to themselves so it feels like we almost have a right into everyone's personal lives or to access that side of them when that's not always the case and people are not always as comfortable with that I know I'm not always as comfortable with that as other people can be so setting boundaries is critical to make sure that you're still comfortable within that relationship. And you know what? It's one icky, sticky conversation that mm-hmm. is like, hey, you know, I know this isn't fun, but let's just talk about this. And it's just so worth it because the rest of the conversations you have are clear, are fair. And it, it's honestly, it's a preventative measure that will save your ass later in your friendship. Save I mean, your ass, cover your save, ass. Cover your ass. Cover your ass. It's don't like, save it, your it's, ass. It's like, do not save your ass. It's like friendship insurance. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. You need to invest in some friendship insurance. Friendship insurance. I remember one thing with Jenna that she said to me was something that really doesn't help her is when I say, are you okay? Are you okay? When she's obviously not okay. Right. Because for her, that's kind of triggering. And so she said that back to me, oh my goodness, years, at least four years ago. And that was a boundary that she set with me to say like, if you don't feel like I'm okay, maybe don't preface it with, are you okay? Because it puts it onto her to do it. Maybe I can say, let's go for coffee. Let's go for a walk. Or how's your day going? Right. But that was a boundary that we set. Yeah. I mean, we got to stick on that topic. Is that just like boiled my blood? Mm -hmm. If you know someone's not okay, what do you get out of saying, are you okay? If you know the answer already, it's like, if someone says to you, are you crying? Are you crying right now? Like they're going to start crying because you've made them so uncomfortable. So if you say, are you okay? And they're even just like, you know what? I'm not great, but I'm, I just need a second to get myself back to my happy place. If you say, are you okay? It's just, it's, it's pulling them back into their hole of sadness Yeah. and it's so much harder. So that's just something personal about me. Maybe other people experience that, but I said that to Sophie and I, it was something that I didn't say. I hate when you do this and I, and, you know, no. fuck you for doing that. You can bleep that. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but I, we said it and she said, thanks for letting me know that. I didn't know. And now that I know our friendship is going to be so much stronger because we've set this boundary. Yeah. And honestly, full transparency, we were, we were 16 when Jenna said that to me, we were at a sushi restaurant. And since that day, I don't think I've ever gone there, but I preface it other ways in our friendship. We've never had a discussion like that since. So set them early, friendship insurance, and look how far we've come. Um, another way that you can do it is like having a safe word. And no, I don't mean this like in a sexual way. I mean, have a safe (laughs) word where you give the other person the opportunity to veto a conversation. If they just don't have the mental capacity or the time to deal with something at that moment. And so you can start a conversation. Someone could say, Oh, you know what? I hate to do this, but orange juice. And there's no judgment there because you've set that boundary ahead of time. And you say, okay, great. Um, conversation change. Yeah. And it just, it makes it that you're, you're not having to say to them every single time, I hate to do this, but I really don't want to talk about this. I'm having a really hard day. Da, 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 da. It's just an easy out and there's no judgment. There's no going back to it. Yeah. It's not the time for it. It's okay to say, let's switch subjects. I'm not into this right now. It's not making me feel better because your friends want you to feel better. And that's at the end of the day, like your friends want you to be happy and feel better. And so if they're like having a conversation with you where you're like, yeah, this is not helping. Like maybe I should go talk to my therapist. Then like just to respect that, move on. It's not that they don't want to confide in you. It's not that they trust you. I hate that this is a thing right now that when you tell someone, honestly, I don't want to talk about it, or I don't want to share this part of myself, they get offended because they're like, I'm your friend and you should trust me and confide in me. And I want to be that person for you. But sometimes you're not that person. And it does not mean that they love you any less or trust you any less. It's just that you're not the right person for it. And they have people in place, strategies and resources like a therapist in place in order to deal with that, to help them. Right. 
it's, it's a weight off your shoulders because it means, yes, you can be there for them, but you don't have to be, mm-hmm. which is so nice. Um, so another thing we wanted to talk about is what can you do instead of ranting to your friends and how do you still keep that relationship where you are, you know, authentic with each other and you confide in each other, but you are not depending on them in that specific way. Um, and a way that we said to do this was you can specifically tell them after a situation has happened that it's happened and this is how you dealt with it. And that's not you asking them for advice that's instead you saying, I just want to fill you in on my life. This is something that happened to me. You know, if maybe you noticed that I was distant or didn't call you for a week, this is what was going on in my life, but I dealt with it. And I'm now filling you in because I want you to be aware of that, but I'm not asking you to do anything about it. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. Another thing I've touched upon before that I'm super passionate about is looking into the programs, the free resources. Sometimes having a therapist can be or not sometimes, it is a privilege and it can be expensive. So not everyone has access to those resources. However, there are a lot of free programs out there through either your school, even workspaces. Um, Those benefits have, a lot of them will have online counseling resources or discounted. So look into those and take advantage of those. You don't need to be feeling suicidal. You don't need to be feeling the worst in your life. You don't need to be feeling like you've had life-changing problems little problems form into big problems and it's better to prevent it. These therapists hear little problems all of the time and they will never guilt you for that. If you're literally sad and you don't know why, you can talk to them and they will help you. It does not have to be a huge thing that you're upset about. If you find the right therapist and you go in and you say, I had a really bad day. I stubbed my toe. They will say to you, that sucks. I'm so sorry that happened. Let's talk about it. And I mean, maybe there are therapists out there that say, that's not a problem. Like check, check your privilege and a hundred percent. But if you find someone that can at least acknowledge that what you're feeling may seem small to them, but to you, it might be life-changing. Yeah. Then that's an amazing relationship you've got to hold on to. Exactly. And I think like on that, there's so many free resources available, um, Even if you don't have school, work, anything, any of those benefits, there are hotlines that are free that you can call 24-7 in your area. All you have to do is Google like help hotline um, in X city and numbers will come up. They are generally toll free. Um, The only downside about this that's different than therapy is you're not going to get the same person every single time, but it is anonymous and they can help you with problems that you're immediately facing. Um, if you're struggling with something like anxiety, depression, it is a better idea to go get a therapist that you can build a relationship with. But I know I've called one of these hotlines before when I was dealing with a really tough time at the beginning of COVID and they totally walked me through it and it it put a light into my life for that moment. And I didn't need to see a therapist long-term for that. So that helped me out. Another, you know, cheap and cheerful way to do your own therapy at home is I love their YouTube mindfulness exercises. Mm-hmm. And you know they range from five minutes to 20 minutes. And they're all different kinds by all different kinds of people. And I started using this, I think, in my first year of university before midterms and final exams. Uh, when I just needed some calming reassurance from someone that wasn't me or wasn't my mother or my friends. Um, and they're, they're free. They're there's so many different kinds and I just find them to be just the most relaxing thing. Sometimes I'll be doing the dishes and I'll just put them on in the background just because it brings me a sense of calm. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's, there's so many great resources out there, even um, podcasts. I don't have one that I always listen to, but I will search up like meditation podcast and listen to one that the title resonates with me for that moment. And those are awesome as well. So, so many resources out there. Another thing that you can do is journaling. Um, You can look up online, like journaling prompts for whatever, for insert X. There's Mm -hmm. Pinterest has so many amazing resources. You can pretend to be your own therapist and like almost create the exercise that you need in that moment because no one knows what you need better than you, except sometimes a therapist, but you know yourself and you know what you need in that moment. And generally you can find those resources out there. Right. I agree. Um, so that was a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if you guys felt it at home, but I mean, it felt like a weight lifted off my shoulders because I got to be part of the conversation. 
but it was definitely heavy and it's definitely one of our heavier topics and I'm still glad we talked about it. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's just do, you know, like our quick spark note summary um, about our, you know, takeaways from today. Okay. So I think one of the, so let's go back to the beginning. If you haven't gotten it yet, friends aren't therapists. We're like air clapping right now to not hurt your ears. But also, you're not your friend's therapists. And they should not be yours. And they should not be yours. We'll say it one more time. Friends aren't therapists. therapists. Uh Uh-huh. 100%. (laughs) You get it? Honestly, it may sound a little bit blunt. It may sound a little bit harsh. But all of these reasons at the end of the day are just to help you have really positive, beneficial on both sides relationships with your friends. We still want you to reach out to them. We still want them to be your support systems. They just can't be the beam that's holding you up. Exactly. And I mean, know that it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to be struggling, especially right now. Oh my gosh. If you have your shit together right now, (laughs) I don't think you're human because this is the most wild time and everyone deserves to break down at some point in this time. Um, But be kind to yourself. Find support systems that make it okay to get through this shitty time. But don't risk ruining your friendships by misusing them in this time if you can avoid it. Everyone's going through shit. Everyone is having experiences right now. And a lot of the time, if you ask your friends how they're doing, instead of asking them for solutions, you might find that you have some common ground with them, that they're experiencing similar things, and you'll be able to talk it through as opposed to asking them to support you through it. Mm-hmm. And that's also helpful just to know that you're having some shared experiences, at least for me. Okay. I need something fun. Oh, Let's me too. turn this around a bit. We found a really cool quiz online that's called, am I in a toxic friendship? And it's basically trying to help you figure out if a specific friendship that, you know, you might have in mind, you might've had it in your mind throughout this whole podcast because, you know, it immediately clicked when we said <laughs> friends shouldn't be your therapist. Um, and checking to see if that friendship is worth it right now, or if it's something you maybe need to say, I need to put this on hold, or I need to reevaluate because it's doing me more harm than it is good. And that is fine. That is valid. That doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It just means that if something is becoming a burden more than it is a benefit, a small or large change needs to be made. Yeah. And I think I'll also preface that this quiz is on allthetest.com. So it is by no means a psychological research-backed quiz. It is just for fun. Um, We will link it in the description, but the answers of this quiz may not be entirely indicative of your friendship. Please do not place your entire friendship on this quiz. Yeah, don't, don't, you know, leave friendships and say, well, Sophie and Jenna told me to, so it must be the right decision. Yeah. Obviously, take this with a grain of salt. It's just a fun exercise to get you started on realizing, are my friendships providing me with joy? Okay, so I pulled it up, and the quiz is called, Am I in a Toxic Friendship? And the description says, if you have to ask this question, then I'm really sorry for you. Please take my quiz to help you discover whether you, discover whether you are indeed in a toxic friendship, and if so to see if it's worth trying to repair. Good luck. I hope my quiz helps you and your friend. So I think both of us at this point, we're going to imagine either, you know, a friend type or a specific person in our heads and apply this while we're doing this quiz. If you have someone that you've been thinking about this whole time while we've been talking about this, maybe use them as your example. Um, But again, we're going to say, this is just a quiz it's not backed by research. It's a quiz made by a girl named Mimi in 2020. It is just for fun. Do not ride your entire friendship or opinion of your friendship on this. It's for fun to give yourself a little bit of reflection, but the answer of the quiz may not actually apply. Right. So let's try it just for, for fun. And I have someone in my mind. I think Sophie does too. If you have someone play along with us. Okay, Jenna. So does your friend ever make you feel used? The options here are only once, never, all the time, and a few times sometimes. I'm going to say a few times sometimes because obviously I've stayed friends with this person for a while now, so it's not like I feel used all the time, but it's unreasonable to say I've never felt that. Um, I would say that this person does make me feel used. 
a few times sometimes there's like good moments and good and bad moments but it's not just only once that's for sure right okay do they treat you differently at different times depending on who is around yes and I would say I feel like everyone knows someone that's like a chameleon where you know you don't actually fully know who they are because sometimes when they're with certain people they have one personality type and sometimes they have others and that isn't comforting when you don't know who their authentic self is Yeah, some people are really hard to get a read on and people can change absolutely, but it's almost so drastic that it's hard to understand. But this person does treat me differently depending on who's around. And I think it's almost an insecurity as opposed Mm. to anything else. Do they keep your secrets? So the options here, most of the time always know they tell everyone and sometimes they do or they tell a few people. I'm gonna go with that they tell a few people because I've had experiences where, you know, they've told their family or they've told another one of our close friends, but not maliciously, not with the intent to, you know, spread a rumor about me, but just because it wasn't necessarily fair of me to give them a certain secret and expect that they could keep it all themselves again, that was me misusing them. Yeah, that's fair enough. And that's like good to also acknowledge in yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Do they keep my secrets? I don't think that they do. I've never like, really known but I would say I wouldn't so I would not say most of the time always or that they tell everyone but maybe they tell a few people right all right question four does your friend become more distant when they get a girl boyfriend girlfriend or a better offer I'm gonna say yes they always choose others over me and again always is a strong word but I've definitely been in situations where if, you know, somebody, if they say, hey, do you want to hang out? And then I take a, a couple hours or so to respond. And they go, never mind. The person got back to me. Oh. And it's like, oh, you. It's just, it's really shitty. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who's had that text come in before. Yeah. If you're bored and want to hang out with a friend, that is fine and dandy. But don't text five friends and then with one in mind and just have other people as backups because that's not how it works. That's not how friendships work either say, hey, like, do you have time today? This time works for me or not. It's great to have multiple friends, but just watch how you're making those people feel when you say something like that. Mm -hmm. Does your friend become more distant? Like, not mine, I would not say. So never. Okay. Okay, do they make you feel uncomfortable, nervous, or frightened? Yeah, there are no never. Yes, all the time. They have a couple of times and sometimes they do. I would say no never. Um, I don't think they make me nervous. I think sometimes having to, you know, coach them through uh, whatever they're dealing with and be their therapist is anxiety provoking, but I don't think they themselves make me nervous. Fair enough. I would say they have, sometimes they do, not all of the time, but sometimes I do feel nervous. Um, I wouldn't say I have social anxiety, but sometimes in those situations I do with that person. Are they possessive or clingy, always jealous of you your sorry of your other friends and insisting on always being with you I would say the options are they are a lot no they aren't sometimes they are it depends and every now and then again I don't know if sometimes they are and every now and then are not (laughs) equal but it's okay Minnie we forgive you um I'm gonna say sometimes they are yes I would say that this person is possessive more than every now and then and they are quite a bit, but I I would say sometimes it depends um, on who I'm hanging out with. Yeah, it's that in between. Okay, number seven, do they feel like you're being controlled or manipulated? I'm going to say never, just on this individual person. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I feel like I'm being manipulated by this person quite a bit. So I chose yes quite a lot, actually. (laughs) Um, And that's the thing, like we said about being a good listener, like sometimes that can come back to you. Mm-hmm. number eight do they promise things and then don't come through all the time it's so annoying the options are sometimes all the time it's so annoying they always keep their promises yes but only a couple of times and I chose the most extreme yes I'm gonna say they keep their promises they're a pretty reliable person to be honest and yeah they, they keep their promises they follow through number nine do they gossip and judge a lot creating a negative atmosphere Yes, they love gossiping is what I choose. The other options are there are a few people they really have it in for, 
once in a while they do, and nope. Yeah, I'm going to choose yes, they love gossiping. Number 10, does your friend think only of their own self? Um, I'm going to say somewhere between sometimes and they always put themselves first. The options are no, they are quite selfless. Yes, they always put themselves first, sometimes and occasionally. And Jenna chose sometimes. Yeah. So I'm going to say yes, they put themselves first. Do they seem to compete with you all the time? It depends on what issue, which is an option. Mm-hmm. The other choices are no, yes, they always have to be better than me and every now and then. Yeah, I'm going to do the same. It depends on what the issue is. Okay, number 12. Are they two-faced? Do they talk about people in a negative way and then act like they are best friends? I would say it's between all the time I hate it and they do with some people. I'm going to say they do with some people. Yeah, I'm going to say that too. 13. Have you caught them talking bad about you behind your back? Yes, a few times, only once, no, never. A few times. Okay, I'm going to say yes. Okay, is this friend ever mean to you? Yes, intentionally, no, and if they are, they are just joking. They have been a few times, but most of the time they are joking. Sometimes they are. I'm going to say no, and if they have, they were just joking. I'm going to say yes, intentionally. (laughs) Nice. Do you fight a lot? We fight every now and then, kind of. We fight a fair amount. Yes, no, we always get along. Um kind of we fight a fair amount i'm gonna say mm, we fight every now and then do they ever act aggressively towards you no yes sometimes they have they have once and i think this means like physically oh then i would say no yeah no me neither okay 11 can you be yourself when you are with them no it depends yes most of the time i would say most of the time i would say no (laughs) Do they make time for you? Number 18. No, never. Something else is always more important. Sometimes they do. It depends on what else is going on most of the time or always. I would say no, never. Something is always more important. I would say no, sometimes they do. It depends on what else is going on. 19. Do they listen to you? And the options are most of the time, always, no, and sometimes. I would say sometimes, leaning more towards the no, but I'm going to say most of the time. I wouldn't say always, but I would say most of the time. All right. So that was the last question. It was 19 questions. Jenna, are you ready for your results? I'm nervous, but I'm ready. Okay. Again, not (laughs) scientifically backed, but it does allow for some reflection. Yeah. And I definitely did realize these questions. Oh, I didn't know that. That's how I felt. Oh, here you go. Okay. Am I in a toxic friendship? For 47%, you are. I mean, it's less than half. (laughs) Yeah, and you know what? I think obviously you're not going to have 0% and and you have a perfect friendship. So I think Mm -hmm. that is a reasonable amount for how I actually value this person. It says, your friendship with this person can be toxic at times. You should probably talk to them and tell them how their behavior makes you feel. Maybe they don't realize what they're doing hurts you and knowing might make them change for the better. If you decide to stay friends, Be wary of them and let them gain your trust again. Don't just give it to them. If you don't want to stay friends, tell them face-to-face. If you absolutely can't face them, call. I hope all goes well. And remember, this is just a recommendation. Base your own decisions on how you feel about that person. I've got to say that is a very accurate response, Minnie. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I respect that. I agree with it. I think obviously no friendship is perfect. Um, and if, and I agree that this is a friendship I might have to, you know, talk to, and I totally agree that it it would be ideal if it was face to face. Um, and that I I loved when she said, don't just give them your trust again, let them, you know, they have to earn trust. And if they've broken some of mine, they have to earn that back. Okay. Sophie, your turn. Ooh, am I in a toxic friendship for 37% you are so a little bit less than Jenna's. Right. Do you want to read it? Yes. It says, your friendship with this person is toxic. You should talk to them about it and tell them how their behavior makes you feel. They might not care or they might not have noticed what they were doing. How they react should determine whether you should stay friends with them or not. Or if you feel like just ending the friendship without a discussion, that's fine, but treat it like a breakup. Do it face to face when you can. If you absolutely can't face them, call. I hope all goes well. And remember, this is just a recommendation. 
base your own decision on how you feel about the person. Yeah. So, but again, 37% significantly less than half. And honestly, that friendship gives me so much love and fun. And that person is a great person. So I would never, again, every friendship, just like relationships have things that you guys can work on, but I would never say that I'm in a toxic relationship with this person. It's just maybe sometimes we can do with a chat. (laughs) The good news for us is that I think in both of our scenarios, these relationships aren't beyond repair. And, you know, knowing this, and this might give us more confidence to have meaningful, open conversations with these people and possibly make strides towards making them even less toxic. If you did this quiz along with us, or if you want to do it afterwards, definitely let us know how you did, if you thought it was accurate, if you thought, you know, it made no sense at all, if it helped you make any decision about where your friendship is going with this person, we'd love to Mm -hmm. hear it. Um, Absolutely. Speaking of which, you can always DM us on all of our shiny new social media sites. So we do have a Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram that are all now live sites. You can find us. They're all under my 20 somethings, somethings with an S podcast. Um, and you can find us there. So give us a follow, send us a DM. We'd love to hear what you think. We're still growing right here with you. So mm-hmm. check us the out. other great news is that our podcast is now available on so many streaming platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, any of them you can think of. I'm pretty sure we are getting ourselves on there. So mm-hmm. no matter what platform you or your friends use, we are there for you. Absolutely. And exciting information that will be launched when you hear this is that our brand new website is now launched. Woo! This is a great place where you can learn more about us, where you can obviously also listen to our podcast live from there. Um, And most importantly, you can contact us. We'd love to hear from you. We want your feedback. We want, you know, anything you can say that might help us or just anything that's going on with your life. We want to hear it. Uh, So definitely reach out to us through there or on any of our social medias. We can't wait to get closer with you and really feel like a community. You can also join our email list so you can get notifications when we're releasing new episodes and we might even send you some random motivation, um, quotes, resources, et cetera, that we have found useful. That seems like the perfect place to leave this episode. I really enjoyed this one. I thought it was really eye-opening and therapeutic for me. Yeah. Um, we have loved putting this project together so far and we have so many amazing ideas for new episodes about, and where this podcast could go. We are so pumped for you guys to hear our next few episodes. I'm personally so excited about the next few. Psyched. Exactly. And yeah, if you agree, if, if friends aren't therapists resonated with you, hit that subscribe button because we're going to be talking about all these kinds of things throughout this entire season um, and would love to have you on board with us. We hope you have an amazing two weeks and stay happy and healthy. We can't wait to talk to you guys again very soon. Till next time. Bye, guys. Bye.